Well, good evening, everybody. 
Welcome to the Lord's house tonight as again we gather together to celebrate his grace and his goodness and we are concluding our Advent series Waiting for Jesus as we've been looking at the Old Testament prophets who help the people prepare and wait for the coming of Jesus and uh, we'll do that again today as we focus on the prophet Isaiah and his beautiful message that he brings to the people then and still brings to us today, comfort, comfort my people. Anybody need a little comfort tonight? If so, you've come to the right place. Uh, the Lord is here to bring the comfort that only he can bring. So I look forward to digging into the scriptures with you uh, as we do that today. Uh, only announcements I have is just a quick reminder about our Christmas schedule tomorrow. Uh, Christmas worship here at the celebration site will be at four o'clock tomorrow. So if you wanna join us for our Christmas Eve worship, that's here at four o'clock. If uh, you're gonna join us at Faith, those times are one o'clock, three o'clock, five o'clock, 7.30 or 10.30. Uh, you're welcome to join us for any one of those services as well as we welcome our Lord Jesus Christ to earth. And then don't forget also on Christmas day is an opportunity to worship and that's 9.30 at the Faith Ministry Center. Uh, we'd love for you to be there for that as well. A lot of opportunities to celebrate the greatest event of all time, that God himself became one of us, born into our flesh, so that he could take our sins and forgive us, redeem us, and give us eternity in heaven. So we'll celebrate that all together uh, tomorrow for Christmas. All right, that being said, it's time to worship our incredible God. So if you're able, would you stand as we begin with, O come, O come, Emmanuel. You know Emmanuel means God with us. It's a cry that God would come.
for becoming distracted with the things of this world and giving into temptation. For fixating on the things of this world and losing sight of your eternal kingdom. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us. For pursuing earthly power and influence over others instead of submitting to your will and following the Holy Spirit. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us. For allowing our fears and anxieties to undermine our trust in you. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us. For overlooking your extravagant love for us and letting the approval and acceptance of others motivate our decisions and self-worth. Have you ever thought about this before? That you're the reason that there's Christmas. You. Those sins that you just confessed, that's the reason God came into our world in that little baby. He came because he saw our need, he heard your confession. And instead of just watching and saying, well, you guys have to work it all out, you better figure it out yourself. He did something about it. He became one of us so that he could be in our flesh, so that he could carry our sins, so that he could die on the cross for us, so that those sins could be paid for in full, so that I might be able to stand here tonight and say to you as one of your pastors, you are forgiven because Jesus loves you. Jesus came into the world for you, died for you, and forgives all of your sins. This Christmas, remember, that you are that loved and that you are that forgiven and that little baby born in Bethlehem came for you. God bless you this Christmas and always as we live in the love and grace of Jesus. Amen. Well, friends, now is the time when we'll light our Advent wreath and man, we're gonna have four candles. That means Christmas is really close. So last week, we lit the candle of joy, and we light that again, along with the candles of hope and peace, as we remember that Christ will come again and fulfill our hope and bring us everlasting peace and joy in eternity one day. And today, we light the fourth candle to signify God's love. This light reminds us of the love that God has for each of us, because Jesus, Emmanuel, is God's perfect love incarnate. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Please be seated as we sing this great song called Gratitude. It's our way of saying thank you for the babe of Bethlehem.
right time for our children's message if you want to come forward and sit with me i've got something special just for you guys tonight and maybe the adults will learn something too awesome thank you guys for coming up well in a little bit we're going to hear from an old testament prophet in the bible his name was isaiah and he said these really cool words to the people he said Comfort, comfort my people, says God. 
speak tenderly to them, tell them that their sin has been paid for. Comfort, comfort my people. Those are really nice words that God wants to bring us comfort. Well, to help us understand what that means, um, I wanna ask if you've ever had, well, when my girls got hurt when they skinned their knees or when they fell off their bike or something, they used to say that they would get a boo-boo. Did you ever get a boo-boo? You know what I mean by a boo-boo? Like fall off the swing or the slide and get a scrape or maybe a cut on your finger or something, right? Has that ever happened to you? You ever had a boo-boo? When my girls had a boo-boo, you know what they needed? They needed, it's in my first aid kit. What do you think they need to put on their boo-boo? Yeah, you're right. We have Band-Aids for boo-boos, don't we? Yeah, if you have a Band-Aid and sometimes you put some cream on there to make the boo-boo feel better and you wrap it up with a Band-Aid and you get a hug from mom or dad maybe, doesn't it make the boo-boo feel a little bit better? Yeah, and then it can heal and it can get well again, right? That's what we do if we get a boo-boo. Do you do that too with a Band-Aid? You ever had a Band-Aid? Sure. My daughters used to have uh, Lion King Band-Aids. Those were their favorite, all right? Sometimes Band-Aids can be all different colors or whatever, but what they do is they bring us comfort, don't they? And it brings healing. That's really what comfort is. It brings healing. Comfort means that we're healed and we're not hurting anymore. We have comfort. Now, do you know we have another kind of boo-boo not from falling off our bike or scraping the knee, but every time we have a sin in our lives, we do something that we shouldn't, it's like a boo-boo. We make a mistake, we make a boo-boo. You ever had one of those kind of boo-boos, like you've sinned before or said something that you shouldn't or did something that you shouldn't or maybe you didn't do something that you should? You could call sin a boo-boo, couldn't you? It's like when you make a mistake, you do something wrong. And after you do that, do you feel bad? After you've made a boo-boo, if you've made a sin, do you sometimes feel bad? Well, what's gonna make that boo-boo of sin feel better? Will a Band-Aid help? No, not really. Even if it's a Lion King Band-Aid, that's not gonna help a lot, is it? Do you know what's gonna bring comfort to us when we make a sin? Well, you know, the only comfort comes from God. He sent Jesus into our world. That's what we're celebrating at Christmas, right? That Jesus came into our world so that he could take all of our boo-boos. He could take all of our sins and he could, you know, die on the cross for those sins so that he could take them away so that we could have healing. He really brings comfort to our boo-boos, you see? He brings healing to our sins and our mistakes and he makes us clean and whole again so that we can go to heaven. And that's why we celebrate Christmas. It's the greatest gift that God gives us his son who heals all of our sins, heals all of our boo-boos and makes us clean so that we can be with him forever in heaven. Isn't that kind of cool? And so Isaiah in our text reminds us that God came to comfort us and heal our boo-boos. Listen again. Comfort, comfort, my people, says your God. Tell them that their sin has been paid for. We have a best Band-Aid in the world, and his name is Jesus. Would you pray with me? Dear Jesus, thank you for bringing us comfort, for bringing healing to our sins, our mistakes, and our boo-boos, and making us clean so that we can live with you forever in heaven. We love you, Jesus. Amen. Thanks, you can head back to your seats.
Well, now, friends, we turn to the word of the Lord. And first, we hear that beautiful prophecy that we were just speaking of from Isaiah chapter 40. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed, that her sin has been paid for, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice of one calling, in the desert, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the wilderness a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill made low, the rough ground shall become level, the rugged places a plain. And the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all mankind together will see it. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice says, cry out. And I said, what shall I cry? All men are like grass, and all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall because the breath of the Lord blows on them. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of our God stands forever. You who bring good tidings to Zion, go up on a high mountain. You who bring good tidings to Jerusalem, lift up your voice with a shout. Lift it up, do not be afraid. Say to the towns of Judah, here is your God. See, the sovereign Lord comes with power, and his arm rules for him. See, his reward is with him, and his recompense accompanies him. He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. And this is the beautiful word of the Lord. And now we turn to the gospel of Mark chapter one. And since these are the words about Jesus and his coming, please stand in honor to him. We'll hear how John the Baptist is the fulfillment of the prophecy we heard in Isaiah 40. The one who would come and cry out and prepare the way to the Lord speaks to us in Mark chapter one. The beginning of the gospel about Jesus Christ, the son of God. It is written in Isaiah the prophet, I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way. A voice of one calling in the desert, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. And so John came, baptizing in the desert region and preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. The whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him, confessing their sins. They were baptized by him in the Jordan River. And John wore clothing made of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. And this was his message. After me will come one more powerful than I, the thongs of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. This is the gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. Oh, grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus, the coming Christ. Amen. 
Now would be a good time for you to pull out the sermon outline that you received when you came in. It should have been in your announcement bulletin somewhere. It's kind of an ivory uh, colored page today. And as we work through the word today, you're going to see the title of the message is Blue Christmas and Comfort, Comfort My People. I thought we could start off talking about that great song. I know you all know it, Blue Christmas, right? And, and uh, made popular and famous by who else? The King, Elvis Presley. But do you know much about that great song, Blue Christmas? You know, Elvis wasn't the first person to sing it. Elvis made it popular in 1957, but there was another. Here's your trivia question for the day. Who was the first that made the song Blue Christmas popular? Anybody know? I'll be super impressed. First name is Ernest Tubb. Ernest Tubb, yep. Ernest Tubb was the first uh, in 1940s, uh, 1948. Uh, was the first to sing a blue Christmas, but you know, he couldn't shake it or sing it like Elvis, could he? <laughs> Elvis just made it special and popular, that song about the blue of having a Christmas without you. Uh, it's on Elvis, the, the album that it came out is Elvis Sings Christmas. Uh, another song that's on there that I, I've always loved is um, Elvis, uh, Baby Bring Your Christmas Back to Me. Was that, you know that one too? Right, another great song on that on that song on that on that album. But Blue Christmas uh, on Billboard's top 100 Christmas songs of all time. Do you know what it ranks? What would you guess? Top 100 Christmas songs of all time. Blue Christmas. Anybody think it's in the top 10? It didn't make the top 10. It made the next. It was the number 12 songs of. Did you guess 12? Really? Wow. All right, so you get a special prize today. Yeah. So Blue Christmas, why are we talking about Blue Christmas? You know, this is the time of year when we're getting ready to celebrate Christmas. But Christmas isn't always merry and jolly for everybody, especially at this time of the year as we get closer and closer. Some of the angst and the pain and the stress and the anxiety of life really sort of cranks up a little bit, doesn't it? There's a lot of people that really feel it right now, and you may be one of those. Something that's going on in your life right now, you may want to sing with Elvis, a blue Christmas. Or there's another song on your outline I wrote that you might feel like singing. Have you heard this one? Please, Daddy, don't get drunk this Christmas. Another song back in the, this one came from the 60s. Do you know who sang this one? John Denver, right? That wholesome all-star John Denver, Rocky Mountain High guy. Daddy, please don't get drunk again for Christmas. It's a song he tells about a little eight-year-old boy who is, you know, asking his daddy not to get drunk again like last Christmas when his dad fell down in front of the Christmas tree and made mommy cry. So he pleads with the dad, please, daddy, don't get drunk again this Christmas. You know, for a lot of people, that's really the song that they're singing, not joy to the world, but please help my family not fight this year. Please help me get along without the one that's missing in my heart this Christmas. You know, there's a lot of people who sing the John Denver song, perhaps more than the happy songs we sing at Christmas. All of this is the setting, the tone that I'd like to bring the words of the prophet Isaiah into today. It's into this feeling, into this broken world where people hurt and struggle and there's aches and pains and anxiety and worry and fear that Isaiah said, comfort, comfort my people, says the Lord. Comfort, healing in the midst of the brokenness. 
is the message of the prophet Isaiah so long ago. It is also the message repeated again by John the Baptist as he talks about comfort that God brings a new highway he'll build to God through this little baby that will be born, the Christ child, the one whose thongs he was not worthy to untie, a new comfort that came to all people, the comfort of Christ. Into your Christmas this year, I'll need for you to hear the words of the prophet, comfort, comfort my people. And how does God bring that comfort into your life this Christmas? Two things on your outline we're gonna look at, right? First, we bring, God brings comfort because he cares about a broken world. God cares about you and me. The birth of Christ Jesus, God becoming one of us in flesh, shows us maybe more than anything else that he doesn't just sit up in heaven and watch us scurry along here on earth and try and make sense of things but he came into our world because he cares about us. And just think about it. You know, Isaiah is speaking to a, a broken nation in the Old Testament. When Isaiah wrote the words of Isaiah 40, his people were, the people of Israel were in exile in Babylon. Their country had been destroyed. Their capital, Jerusalem, <clears throat> had been destroyed. The temple had been torn down in the rubble and all the temple furnitures had been stolen and they were in exile. They were slaves in a foreign country. And into that mess, Isaiah says, comfort, comfort my people. See, God came, cares about a broken world, so he sends one to fix what was broken. Isaiah says that God will create a highway for them to go back to their homeland again. He says, comfort, comfort my people, prepare in the highway, uh, in the desert, a highway for God. He would send them back to, to their home again. John the Baptist says, comfort, comfort my people. God will again create a highway, this time a highway from us to God so that we can go to our home in heaven. See, God cares about us in our brokenness. And so he did something about it. He came into our world. I heard a story, it's a, a story that's told by Abel Reagan. You see his name there in your outline. He says that when he was um, young, his father used to tell the same Christmas story to him over and over again. And here's the Christmas story that his father told him. It was about a little 12 year old boy who grew up in a poor, poor home. His mother uh, was a single mom trying to make ends meet and this little poor boy in this little shack of a home had one toy. It was a little toy car. All he had to play with was that one toy. And it was a beat up old car. The windows were pushed out. It only had two wheels. It was all dinged up and broken, but it was his favorite toy. He carried it with him in his pocket. He took it with him everywhere. Now he knew there wasn't gonna be any toys again this Christmas but he was okay because he knew he had his little toy car. But this Christmas was going to be different because he was now finally old enough to be able to go to the, to the midnight Christmas mass worship service. He was looking forward to it because he had heard that everybody brought some special gifts that they left at the manger scene at this church. 
And he had heard that people were bringing special gifts like a chalice to be used for communion and, uh, at the altar or candlesticks or clothes for the homeless or packs of money to be used by the church. And he was excited because he had been saving up his money, selling or delivering newspapers for the whole year so that he'd be able to buy a special gift to leave at Jesus' feet on that Christmas Eve. Well, as he was sitting at the kitchen table, counting up the money, his mother came home and saw the money and grabbed it and said, oh, you're such a good boy. Now we'll finally be able to have a real Christmas dinner. And she ran out the door to get to the store before it closed. Now the little boy had nothing to give to the little baby Jesus on Christmas. Well, I bet you know where this is going. They went to the Christmas Eve service and the boy saw all the gifts that were laid there at the manger. So he reached into his pocket and he pulled out his little toy car and he laid it at Jesus' feet. And he went and sat down. Right before the service started, one of the ushers came forward to make sure that everything was arranged nicely there in the manger. And he saw that little car and he picked it up and said, what is this little piece of junk doing here at the cradle of our Lord? And he took that little car and he just threw it to the back of the church. The little boy was crushed. It was right at that moment, became silent. That little baby Jesus came to life and got out of the manger and crawled on the concrete floor until he came up to that little toy car. He picked it up and he crawled back to the manger and laid back down. Of course, every knee was bowed and the pastor went to the manger and looked inside and there was the little plaster Jesus. But this time with a smile on his face, with his arms cradled around a little toy car. Now, the guy that tells the story, Abel Reagan, says that he resented and hated his father for years for telling that story because his father was a drunk. And when his father drank, he was foul-mouthed and mean. And Abel always thought that he told that story to try and manipulate him into being a good boy and behaving himself. He always resented his dad for that story until he got older and realized that he had missed, he had missed uh, his father's um, understanding of that story, misplaced his thinking, that his father wasn't thinking that he was the good little boy, but his father saw himself as that tiny car that was wrecked and broken, but was still loved by the Christ child and was still picked up and held in his arms and cradled tight. He said once he realized that, he was finally able to forgive his father and to really understand the real joy and meaning of Christmas. How's that for a story, everyone? God cares about broken people. God cares. 
and he reaches down into our world through a little baby and he takes us in his arms and he holds us and he loves us and he forgives us and he gives us hope. Comfort, comfort my people, said Isaiah. How does God do it? He cares about a broken world. Second, God actually came into our world to identify with the world's suffering. It's really incredible what God did for us and how he did it, how he chose to do it. You know, Advent, as I wrote here, means to come. And Jesus came into our world so that he might walk in our shoes. I got stories today. Here's another, right? It's a true story this time about a lady named Patty Moore. Patty Moore graduated from New York Technical College, NYTC, with a degree in industrial design. And she tells a story in her biography about right after graduation, she was driving in her car through the streets of New York, uh, heading somewhere, I don't remember where, and she was praying. Because although she had graduated, she still had no idea what she was gonna do with her life. So she prayed, God, help me understand what I'm to do with this degree. What am I supposed to do with my life? And as she was praying this prayer, and she was stopped at a stoplight there on the street, she saw an old man walking down the street uh, carrying two heavy grocery bags. And she could tell that every step was just misery for him. And the bags were heavy and weighing him down. And as he shuffled along the, along the sidewalk, she just saw so many people just walk right past, some even bumping into him and not helping or even noticing where he was or what he was going through. She said, it was at that moment that God spoke to me as if it was a real voice and said, you are to help people like this, the elderly who are hurting and have needs and are so ignored. So she did. She went into a, a business of developing things that senior citizens would need to make their life easier. Well, here's where the story gets even better. She decided that she didn't really still understand what they really needed so her best friend in New York worked for NBC. This is a true story, the NBC makeup department. And she had her friend sort of put a, a costume together that she could wear so that she would look like an old person. Actually put latex that was glued to her face and wrapped her legs with ace bandages with big old stockings so that she had a hard time walking. She taped up all of her knuckles with tape and wore gloves so it would be like arthritis. She actually put wax in her ears so she couldn't hear and drops in her eyes that would cloud her vision. For a month, she walked around as if she were elderly. And I wrote down what she said because it is just so incredible. She said, after a month of walking in those shoes, I found out that the elderly among us are ignored, that they are cheated, that they are ostracized, and that she was even actually mugged. She said, if one person would just smile at me and notice me, I would think that I had died and gone to heaven. And you see, from that experience, it influenced her thinking and her designing of things that she needed. Uh, and she became a very successful uh, businesswoman at helping and creating things for the elderly. All right, so the point. The only way that she could know what those needs were, what it was like to be old, was to live in those shoes for a little bit. 
Now think about this. Jesus walked in our shoes, didn't he? Jesus actually took flesh. He became one of us. As I wrote on point C, what is so majestic about the coming of Jesus is that God came to us as a tiny baby, not as a grown man, but as a tiny baby. God could have shown up as an adult, couldn't he? I mean, he's God. He could have done it anyway, taken flesh as an adult, but he came as a little baby. Do you ever wonder why? I think it's so that he could experience everything it means to be human, that he could walk in every aspect of our lives from birth to death. That's the kind of God that you and I have. That's the kind of love that he has for us. Flip your outline to this box. Other religions have gods that come to earth, but only the Christian faith speaks of a God who emptied himself completely and went through the entire human experience. God knows the challenges that we face. God knows the pain of being human because he is, was human. Do you get it? He walked in our shoes. So think about this. God didn't study your pain from afar. He lived in it. God doesn't observe your grief and loneliness and loss over loved ones, but he actually felt it. You remember at the grave of his best friend Lazarus, Jesus breaks into tears. He weeps. God didn't just sympathize with your aches and pains, but he was whipped. He was beaten. He was mocked. He was crucified so that you would never be able to say, God, you don't know what it's like. God, you don't know how I feel. God, you don't know how this hurts. We cannot say that to our God because he does. He lived it for us. One more silly story. I told you I had stories today. Dr. John Claypool tells a story when he was a young pastor he went to bring comfort to a widow who had just lost her husband. Um, she was a, a, he was a farmer, and she went out, he went out to, um, to visit her, and he tried to bring comfort, but he saw, he learned quickly he wasn't doing a good job. He'd never lost anyone before. He never knew what it was to have that pain of grief and loss when someone you love is no longer with you. He was doing his best, but he said it wasn't getting very far. But then a friend of hers knocked and came into the room and just gave this woman a hug and said, I understand, I understand. And you could just see the woman melt into her arms and the comfort was there. Turns out that woman had lost her husband just a year before. See, there's something that you know when you experience something that you can share with someone else. Now think about this. God experienced all of life in Christ Jesus for you. When you come to him with your aches, your pains, your worries, your fears, he's been there. And he can hug you and say, I understand. I understand. That's what we celebrate at Christmas in the birth of the babe of Bethlehem. And Isaiah said it then, and we say it again tonight. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Tonight, remember, God brings you comfort 
in the little baby born in Bethlehem, who is your Lord and Savior. God bless you this Christmas and always as we live in that comfort. Amen. Well, friends, now we have a chance to say thank you for all that God does for us and all that he gives us. And uh, as the ushers come forward with the offering baskets, I want to thank you for your giving. Uh, Those are the gifts that we use uh, to share the mission we have to know Christ and make him known. So thank you for joining us on that mission.
And now we bow our heads to speak to God in prayer, bringing him our joys, our concerns, our special prayers, and just knowing that this God cares. He hears our prayers, and he always answers according to what he knows is best. We pray. Lord Jesus, how can we ever wrap our minds around the gift that you gave us of yourself? The sacrifice that you made of giving up being God, giving up divinity to become a human and coming into our world, not to be served, but to serve and to lay down your life as a ransom for many. How grateful we are this evening that you care about our broken lives and that you came to walk in our shoes so that you might carry our, our fears, our worries, our sins all the way to the cross where they are buried with you in the grave. So we're grateful for that gift this Christmas and always and pray that our celebration of Christmas this year would be filled with that gratefulness and the joy of the angels. Lord, we pray at this time of year for folks who are still struggling, who for many Christmas is not easy but hard, that you would reach down into their pain with just the knowledge of your love for them. And while things may not always be better right away here in this world, we know that they are better forever in you. So let that good news of Christmas soften their grief, their hurt, their pain, that they might rejoice this Christmas in the good news of Christ. Lord, we pray for those who are dealing with illnesses at this time. Little Cade, for Terry Green, for Rex Brockman, for those on our ongoing prayer list, Diana Barr, Tammy Banky, Sharon Bergsma, Ken Close, Pat Isenzi, Emma Krieger, Hazel Moore, Larry Peterson, Audrey Rissi, Kathy Rickert, Marilyn Spieth, Greg Steinbrenner, Mel Wallenhurst, Deb Zimmer, and Skip Klein. Lord, we pray that you would reach into their, their illness and their sickness and their struggles with healing and with the love of Christmas. And Lord, we pray that as tomorrow our sanctuaries will be filled with people worshiping and celebrating the good news of eternal life and Christ Jesus, their Savior, that you would make those times of worship ways to connect, ways that people will feel the love and want to live in that love all of their lives, that it would, it would help them through their loneliness, their sorrow, and their grief to find their way in you in the path that you are leading. So bless our Christmas worships, worship services this year and always. So Lord, these and all other prayers that are in our hearts we bring to you, certainly not because we are worthy, but because of the one who is worthy, Jesus, who himself taught us to pray the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen.
And now, friends, as you go out into the world, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. Amen.